3: You know what's official if Barry Bond say it, yo. The best in the business, that's Word of Scoop. You either tuning in or reading the word from Scoop. He give you the business, he show you the proof. If Scoop B say it, you know it's the truth. Sports and entertainment, he give you the mix. Some of the biggest interviews, he give you the fix. On iTunes, the number one podcast.
2: The Jordan, the journalist, the GOAT, so why ask? Watch out, watch he out! Heard about it, if he
3: naming him, ScoopBee.com. Do numbers like Chamberlain. Pin game is a gift. Got the gift to gab. If he say this gospel, it's as simple as that. Now pay attention and you can see the way it's going. Enough for this talking. This is Scoop B Radio.
2: You're listening to Scoop B Radio. Get on his Instagram now. At Follow Scoop him. B. At Scoop B. Follow him. Yes, sir. Scoop B Radio. In your earphones. In your grandmother's basement. On iTunes, make sure to subscribe to Scoopy Radio on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn app, Stitcher app, everywhere in between or simply visit ScoopyRadio.com. This episode of Scoopy Radio is brought to you by the Wooter app. Make sure to use the promo code Snoop, that's S-N-O-O-P, and you will save 20% on your first purchase at Wooter. This episode of Scoopy Radio features Selena Hill digital editor at Black Enterprise. This episode of Scoopy Radio is produced by DJ Maniel. And Scoopy Radio is the only place where you will find unreleased interviews with me, sports and entertainment journalist, Brandon Scoopy Robinson. DJ Maniel, cue the tape in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. It's Squilly,
3: y'all. Lay some treats on us. (laughs) Scoopy Radio. Scoopy Radio. In the classroom, Scoop B on your own on a Friday. I am Brandon Robinson. Follow me on Twitter at Scoop B. Follow me on Instagram at Scoop underscore B. Snapchat, Scoop underscore B. And make sure to subscribe to Scoopy Radio on all platforms. Visit ScoopBRadio.com. Subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn app, Stitcher app. We are everywhere you want to be. And on the line right now, I am graced by the digital editor at Black Enterprise Magazine, as well as the producer and host of a pretty important radio show here in New York City. I am on the line with Selena Hill. What's going on, ma'am?
1: What's going on, Scoop? It's a pleasure and an honor to be here with you and to be on your show. You've been on mine, I think it was like a year ago. It seemed like a year. It was uh, February. Scoop B Radio. Stop. It was February of twenty
3: seventeen. Yeah. This year is flying.
1: Oh my God. That's crazy. But yeah, so I'm very happy to be here with you.
3: Yes, man. Of course the show that I mentioned that you are the executive producer and host of is Let Your Voice Be Heard Radio on W H C C R ninety point three S M, The Voice of Harlem. Uh don't wanna leave that out. You I think that's actually how we met. I think I was on a guest on your show a couple years ago?
1: We met, okay, if you want to take it all the way back, I've we met at a New York Press Club event like years ago. And, because you're always out, not New York, no, it was a New York Association of Black Journalists event. I'm sorry. hmm And, from my recollection, and, I like, eventually, you know, I kept seeing you out in the about, and we have mutual friends, and, you know, we don't talk too much sports on my show, but when we do, <laughs> I was like, I reached out to my friend Bianca, and she was like, why don't you get Scoop? And I'm like, duh. Like, I've him all the time. Like, of course I should ask Scoop to be on the show. But, um, yeah, it's been a, it's been a long time.
3: Selena, you are – been awarded a few awards. I told you, you're like the Michael Phelps in this game right now. got all those medals uh around your neck. <laughs> you have awarded the New York Press Club Award for Best Commentary. Uh, from "Let Your Voice Be Heard," you have been awarded the New York Association of Black Journalists Award for Best Black Commentary in 2016, and you were awarded the Communicator Award for Up by Uprising uh, Inc. You've come yes, up the
1: Uprising Stars Inc. Yes, thank you.
3: You've come up the ranks pretty quick um, over the last few years. I've seen you at events and seen you get awarded and stuff. What is your actual interest? Is it more? pop culture is it is it black issues is it like what is your sports is my thing and it's kind of morphed into entertainment and other things what is your your niche what is that
1: one thing like okay so like my beat i am a strong proponent of social issues and social justice like um i definitely you know I, i follow politics very closely as well and the show itself, Let Your Voice We Heard, is very political in nature. Um, and we also cover, like, foreign policy and social justice. That's, you know, that, and Let Your Voice Be Heard is, like, my baby. So that's the time that I can really, like, speak on those issues. Um, you know, obviously, I work for Black Enterprise Magazine, which is a great publication. We focus on um, Black entrepreneurship and small businesses and large-scale businesses, too, that are being empowered by Black people. So, you know, working there is also a blessing. It's not obviously it's not really social justice and politics, but, you know, it does still fall under that same umbrella, almost, when it comes to just Black empowerment, which is something that's very close to my heart.
3: I see you everywhere. Uh, I've seen you... Your Snapchat and Instagram is always very lively. Um, but I've seen you cover anybody from... The latest movie, like maybe Garrus Chip, to I've seen you on the road in Detroit covering movie premieres, and you've expanded while you've been at Black Enterprise. Am I correct?
1: That is absolutely true. Yes.
3: <laughs> what was the biggest adjustment for you going from social justice issues to more mainstream entertainment? Scoop B Radio.
1: Um, I still try to tie it in. So <laughs> it's like, I still, like, it's still my passion. Um, and I still try to look for ways to work it in it. Like, for instance, um, oh my God, just the, the title of the story just, just slipped my mind. But like, not too long ago, we did a story on the biggest, some of the biggest c- companies in tech that were speaking out against social injustice, whether that's like Google or Amazon. and You know what I'm saying? So like, I always try to find like an intersection of the two, like how does, you know, Trump affect the economy? You know, that's still politics, It still, you know, ties back to business. Or like I did a piece for Black Enterprise about how, um, when Bill Maher used the M word and I was like, I think the title of that piece was like Dear Black People, stop defending Bill Maher because I kept hearing a lot of people like defending him. Like he's, you know, he gets a comedic license and I just disagreed but um yeah I try I try to tie it in as often as possible like obviously if something needs to get done I'll do that but even like you mentioned when I did the premiere the um the movie premiere of Detroit in Detroit Michigan that movie itself was all about the uprising in Detroit during the 1960s that happened um and it was like it turned into a a a few days worth of riots, and it was over social injustice and economic injustice towards the Black people in our community. So I had a chance to see the movie twice before it came out and write a review on it. So, like Scoop for Black B and the still tied in. So I just try to make it work. I'll put it like that.
3: Scoopy Radio on the line with Miss Selena Hill. You are easily. Findable on Twitter. Make sure to follow her on Twitter at Miss. That's M S. Selena Hill. Scoopy Radio. Um, one thing that I am impressed with um, is the fact that before you started working with Black Interplast, um, you actually were a freelance researcher, and I'd imagine that that had nothing to do with writing a column. <laughs>
1: um. By yeah. So yeah, I was freelancing four black and surprise radio. for six months. But I was a full time freelancer. So basically meaning coming in for thirty to forty hours a week. Um but just, you know, you don't get any of the benefits as a freelancer. So I did that for for six months and I still wrote pieces too and on my own time. Like I remember I had actually gotten to a little small little confrontation with Omari Hardwick when he mm. said, um he said something along the lines of Black Lives Matter, just a hashtag. So I was just like, what? Oh, you, you said that to the wrong person. So I remember I did a whole piece on like a response to that um, for Black Enterprise and some other cool stuff I got to do. And then like, you know, glory be to God, in six months, that turned into a full-time position where I started working as the associate digital editor Um, in like exactly six months almost. And then almost six months exactly after that, I was then promoted to digital editor. So it's definitely been, I will say I've been on the fast track here at Black Enterprise, but that is by no means a reflection of my entire career. It took years to get to this point. Like I did not have a full-time position working in media until I was 28. So, like, before that, I was working as an independent contractor, working on independent projects, including my own, or working part-time, you know, or, like, so, or, or freelancing for other publications. So, that's really how it worked out.
3: Did you work anywhere outside of, like, media before you got on? Like, I know for me, I worked at a hotel uh, as a cleaner oh, uh, room. I worked at Victoria Hucco in a stack home and sales. Um... Uh, I, I did a little I, I did cold, cold calling for you. Did you do anything outside of media when you first got out of school?
1: Yes. I worked in retail. I worked first. When I first graduated school, I took a internship, an unpaid internship where I was working 50 hours a week and working retail on the weekends. And then once that ended, I was just doing, I did retail full time for a while. And then I started and then I got another gig in media. So I was working that gig part time and doing retail part time until I finally just got fired from retail. And I was <sighs> like, Yay. Now I could pursue my dreams full time.
3: Can you say where you worked retail?
1: Yes. It was a store called Casual Mail. It's not called Casual Mail anymore. I think they've been I think they renamed it to DXL.
3: Right. What did you learn that you carried over to your career? Scoop B Radio.
1: Um, the way you treat and talk to people means a lot. I think that that's something that I apply in all of my positions and roles. Like, you know, being executive manager, executive producer of Let Your Voice Be Heard Radio. Obviously, that's more of a leadership role, and we have a small team, but it's still a team of four of us right now, and they still look to me as in that leadership role. So. And I think that, like, working with in retail, you really have to have a certain level of people skills Mm -hmm. and know how to interact with people in order to get what you want. And not to say to manipulate the situation, but it's just like you have to know what type of response you need to give in order to get the response you're looking for. So I think that that's something that I've either picked up in retail or or really crafting a retail that I still apply now um at my radio show, the t v show I do, and even here at black enterprise like i don't I don't believe that being bossy or being demeaning or condescending is a show of strength or authority. I actually think that the biggest strength you can use is like kindness and being like relatable people and that's like a, a something i i'm I'm really cognizant of scoop
3: okay. Bay radio I'm looking on Twitter, and the basketball player Matt Barnes tweeted, remember fear is more powerful than love with that concept being said, what is something in your field that you fear that if you actually tried it, it would make you a better journalist
1: Wow, okay, honestly, to be honest, it's just for me it would have to be just being an entrepreneurial journalist full time and it is something that i do see for myself in the distant future like eventually but i'm still very fearful of it because it's like (laughs) you know what i'm saying to cut all the strings and to do something like just for yourself i definitely think that it is rewarding but initially it could be definitely very fearful but i think that like Once I let that fear go, it'll only empower me to just really, really use my voice, gifts, talent, and whatever else that God's blessed me with to be a strong vehicle um, and to be used for good in this world.
3: So is it safe to say that maybe that could be your New Year's resolution?
1: (laughs) That's too soon. That's going to be New Year's in two, three months. Uh-uh. Yeah, but it's it's coming, it's coming. I'm very happy where I'm at right now. Um, you know, I love and my colleagues at Black like, and surprised and things are working out. But I do say that I, uh, you know, it's it's in the works. I'll put it like that.
3: Aside from interviewing with me, <clears throat> what is the best interview you've done to
1: date? <laughs> that was so funny. Um, <laughs> the best one I did. Okay. Um, I have a few. Like, I remember when I interviewed Felicia Rashad, and I asked her what makes women powerful. It was at like the Black Enterprise Women of Power event, February 2017, and she was you like, women are power. And I was just like, alright, she just dropped the mic. That was a good one. Um, Also, I remember the one and only time I got Russell Simmons to call into my radio show, and sure. he took over the show like, I mean, he's Russell Simmons. He has um, a wealth of knowledge, insight, and opinion. So, like, he ended up taking over the show and taking it in his own direction. And I'm I'm pretty sure the fans loved it, but after that show I just, I cried. And I was like, oh my god, this is horrible. Because, like, as an interviewer, you never want to lose control of that interview. You want to make sure you narrate that conversation and it goes in that direction. And I didn't do that. And this was like, years ago it was about four or five maybe even about four years ago so I've learned I will say that's the I'm bringing it up because I learned a lot from that interview so even though it wasn't something I think it was I don't think it was one of my best interviews it was one it was an interview where I really learned.
3: Ed Bradley uh, and Barbara Walters Um, for me are two people who mastered the art of the interview, and I emulate uh, myself. I think every journalist has been safe, just like every athlete has an image on, on the corner of the diamond on the floor that makes them who they are. Um, for you, who, if you had to create a Selena Hill, what what parts of a certain journalist uh, make you you and, and kind of took to pieces from their style and made it your own
1: absolutely like radio. some of the interviewers that i admire are Charlemagne, wendy williams angie martinez and oprah and three of those happen to be radio hosts right mm-hmm. or had this on radio i love Charlemagne's audaciousness and like his boldness and the fact that like you love to hate him like, as soon as, whenever I'm watching his interview, I know I'm going to get the real because he's not going to hold back. And even though he may, and he's, he's going to talk about the controversy, but it's like, I know he just does stuff for shock value, but to me, it gives you a really good sense of who that person is. Because then you can't go into the Breakfast Club thinking you're gonna have an easy peasy interview. He's gonna bring up the most embarrassing thing you did in the last five years. If you're cheating on your wife or your husband, he's gonna bring it up. He's gonna talk about it. And I think that what that's a strong contribution to our culture right now because celebrities have this ability to create their own image, their own brand, and to narrate the conversation around that through social media and they're not really held that accountable for you, you know what i'm saying for like who they really are or some of the missteps they've taken but like if you go on Charlemagne show excuse me the breakfast club you're going to be held accountable so that's something that i really really um admire and i think that like me as an interviewer um I i really like to hold people accountable i like to ask those tough questions like for instance I just interviewed this lady. Uh, She is the creator of Tropical Isle, which which created the Jamaican castor oil, which, like, all black women use and know. It's an extremely popular hair product. And she had to tell me how... She was telling me about how she created this product that is now being sold on Walmart.com and it got picked up by Burlington um, about how she created it with her husband who died. And, like, she's talking about him, and I'm just like... I had to ask, like, okay, but when and why did he die? And it seems easy to say that now, but while somebody's, like, getting emotional, you know what I'm saying, and they're having a moment, and you got to, like, really probe them and be like, okay, but give me more information. And I'm just like, but I had to do it. Like, I had to ask that tough question. I I had to, like, it wouldn't, I need to put that in the piece, and it, it strengthens it. So I would say that, like, my interview style is being audacious, um taking risks and and even i've even like i have made people upset when i've interviewed them i've gotten into arguments i remember i got into oh my goodness the most infamous conversation i had was the first time i met stephen hill three to four years ago and i thought i was asking him an easy question i was just like oh um what do you think do you this is when he was still at BET and I was like do you think that BET or you and your position should be held accountable for some of the uh, discriminatory images that denigrate black people on BET and he got so choked up and like upset with me and I couldn't understand why because I'm just like that's not a hard question (laughs) In my opinion. And he got so upset. And I remember his, um, one of his colleagues or his assistant came up to me and was like, yo, you're the girl that effed up Stephen Hill's night. And I was like, what? Are you serious? And, but, but again, like, that's naturally who I am. Like, I'm, I don't like those easy, fluffy questions. I don't think like that. Yeah, you know, you know what I'm saying. Like that's not how my brain actually works. Like I, I think we should all get deeper. Scoop B
3: Radio. Yeah. That 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 uh. We gonna end on that note. I think that uh, <laughs> I think that that making people feel comfortable is not in a journalist job description. I think that that's the role of a publicist, not a journalist.
1: Hmm. Yep, you're right about that. I agree.
3: You know, and I think if we get in the business of just making people feel comfortable, then we're not doing our job.
1: Absolutely.
3: Well, before I let you go, last question. If you could sit in a room with one person who is no longer living and conduct an interview that'll be on a special edition of the Selena Hill Show on 60 Minutes? Who would it be? What would you ask them? And why would you interview them?
1: Oh, my goodness. Okay. Another tough question. Yes. But if, I, if I had to if I had to answer that question, oh, the first question that comes to mind right now would be Rosa Parks. And the reason being is because I really feel like We're in an era of social consciousness and protest. And I think that Rosa Parks, being a Black woman in particular who helped helped really execute civil rights and implement civil rights in this country, will be a great person to talk to right now because even though we're under the Trump era and it feels like all of us who happen to be a part of Black Lives Matter or whatever group. Um, it, it feels like, you know, we're fighting against a huge machine and we won't win. But Rosa Parks was one of those people who not only felt like this a couple decades ago, she won. She like, you know be what I'm saying? That they, they amassed victories that we still benefit from today. So I think that her level of insight and knowledge, if that can be imparted to the civil rights Activists and the social justice, uh, the social justice activists of today, that'll be greatly beneficial. And I know that she did interviews before she passed away, but I think that I would love to connect the dots between. I would love to ask her to connect the dots between the civil rights movement and Black Lives Matter.
3: Hmm. Well, that's all she wrote. Just- <laughs> Thank you so much for your time and sharing your expertise and for being transparent.
1: Thank you, Scoop. I appreciate it.
3: You're listening to Scoop Be Rave. I, I love it. Love it.
0: Hold up.